On our panel today, Rajan Moses, former Reuters foreign correspondent and ex-Business Time editor. We also have Hafiz Marzuki, producer and journalist at Astro Awani. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. All right. All right. Let's get straight to our first article of the day. Pakatan Harapan leaders will be meeting today for the Presidential Council meeting. So what is the agenda for this meeting? Rajan, you kick this off. This is the most dreadful moment that we've been waiting for. Really? Dreadful? Yeah, because... He's going to start, open up a can of worms, Okay, I think. Uh, simply because there's so many factors involved now uh, between uh, Dr. Mahathir, Anwar, his henchmen from both sides. This is going henchmen. to really create a real storm, I think. Yeah, I think most people are waiting to see whether there's going to be a, a Any announcement on an actual date but uh, yeah. I think it's going to be the same old same old yeah. so nothing nothing major is going to happen you be, think I, because Prime Minister Tunmahade has already said that whatever the decision is I'm going to step down after effect it seems like it's pretty much set over there so I don't think there's much to look forward for so what are we looking forward I, I to I think in this the wa- waters are being muddied, muddied here by the leaders of certain respective parties each trying to hold their own you know and hold their their own here in the action uh, but as I can see it here. I think Anwar is trying to calm everything down by not pushing it further, right. which is one of the things. But really, for me, it's more than that. It's about this issue itself. The issue is should not have happened the way it is now, mm. because now we're going to have a new a new government, literally, you know, right. with a new PM, a new personality. This is not something we can do with at this time. We cannot have a time where we've got all these uh, different uh, agendas, you know, clashing uh, when we're having troubles. Yeah, right now we're, we're looking at COVID-19. We're looking at the economy. I think there are more pertinent issues, you know, wages, uh, so many other things, housing. There's, there's just so many things and I think Malaysians have nothing to look forward to for this meeting because it's purely petty political agenda. Do you think Zuraida's issue will be brought up during this meeting? I mean, it, it it should be brought up because it's it's causing so much rift. Do you think it will be put to bed then? Will things be settled today? Nothing will be settled as far as as covering Pakatan Presidential uh, Councils are concerned. It's like it's going to be more to like just putting it at rest. Just I I think nothing is going to get ever settled. And I think that as far as Zuraida's case is concerned, uh, it's going to be put by Tun as saying that uh, this is a PKR matter and I believe PKR will be settling it. Mm. Interesting. Now, next article, I mean, there's been so many news reports of fatal accidents caused by drunk driving in recent weeks, like all over the nation. And our uh, finance minister, Lim Guan Eng, actually said that they're looking to increase the penalty of drunk driving charges to up to 10,000 ringgit, 100,000 ringgit in fine and also up to 20 years in jail. Now, the question is, in your opinion, with this increase in penalties and charges, will it fix the problem? It's timely, uh, Bell. I think it will reduce the problem, but I don't think it will fix it because there's always, as long as there are always people who drinks, someone will be drunk. But I think that the important thing here is for those who actually indulge themselves in this, they have to ensure that they drink responsibly and they don't drink and drive 
And I mean, I go out with a couple of friends sometime. And because I don't drink, I'm always the designated driver. So it, it is important to have that mindset. Never get into a, get, never get into a car whose, dri- whose driver is probably intoxicated. And, and I hope that this increase in punishment would actually deter them from doing just that. But does it work in... I mean, like, what's that? They used to say, spare the rod, spoil the child and everything, right? In this case, it, they're actually bringing out the rod. Will this really solve it? Okay. I mean, today's headline says, Op Mabok. Yeah, you know, it's very sexy. It's very timely. Sexy, yeah, yeah, Rajan. Uh, I mean, you look at it. You know, the build-up. You can see there's a campaign here Mm. to build this into more than uh, real, real life. Actually, when you look at the uh, facts and figures, I just read an article uh, yesterday. The amount of uh, drink driving in terms of cases, uh, Malaysians versus say New Zealanders or Australia, very different. Right. Malaysians don't uh, have so bad cases like in other developed countries. But the fact is that at the moment, this is the flavor of the, yeah. flavor of the, the month. month. And, uh, well, yes, I'm all for uh, going against drink driving because it's putting other people into uh, trouble. Even the cops, uh, they, there was just one case yesterday yeah. when uh, the drunk driver crashed into a, yeah, yeah. Uh, a parked car. police car. Yeah. Yeah. So... Penalties, enhancing penalties, sure, why not, you know, because, but the 200,000, I think, is a bit, is it 100,000? 100,000 and 20 years. Quite quite, uh, stiff, really. But uh, it's a good start, you know, to benchmark something and then start from there. So, yes, uh, punishment for these kind of acts against, uh, you know, drinking. I mean, it'll be the start of a behavioral change. Now, this one is interesting. Uh, Apparently, new evidence has shown that a military car has been used for an unspecified quote-unquote job during the hours of Altantuya's murder. So, the question is, why wasn't this evidence brought up during the original trial? Rajan? Okay, we're seeing a lot of things uh, popping up popping up in hindsight. Yes. When uh, really there was a case going on. But come on, you know, guys, let's look at what is the bottom line. The bottom line is you're going to get people giving you all kinds of stories about things that are going on in the case. But the fact remains that the Attorney General has already said that he's looking at the police investigation. And based on police investigations, only then can the AG act on whether to prosecute or open the case or whatever. Yeah. So, come on, you know, we are wasting a lot of breath here. Let the police come up with something. If they got something, let's put it up and see what happens. But otherwise, you're going to get a little bit of evidence here, a yeah. little bit of evidence down there and, you know. I, I think why yeah. is it cropping up now is that probably there's less pressure now compared to back then because back then, we're talking about a sitting Deputy Prime Minister, sitting Defence Minister. Right now, he's a regular MP. So, that's why the there's less pressure, so yeah. more things come up, more things boils to the surface. Yeah, because I think that the lawyer representing the Sharibu family is doing mm. it for pro bono, if I'm not mistaken, and he just found all this new evidence and whatnot. So, can this trial, I mean, like, it was, everything was sorted back then already, and we had, like, judgments and whatnot. Can the trial now be reopened? I can suppose this case it be is a decision that has to be taken uh, by, by the police and, and the, the AG chambers. If they open investigation papers, yeah. and then so they submit. Until Until then, uh, we can say anything we want to say. Entertain this talk. But it's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. It's nice, juicy and good to hear. And, you know, a lot of theory and all that kind of thing. But in practicality terms, we have to see that. Let's be realistic here. And you don't think that they will reopen the case? It depends. 
okay. very much on what the police investigations first and then the AGs. Now, this is interesting because the court in Sabah was the first in the nation to met out sentences via artificial intelligence or AI. And this was for two drug-related cases. But I think when it comes to court cases, there are certain cases, certain circumstances that requires a bit more heart. And AI, as we know, has no emotion. It's black and white. Will this be the new standard system to met out sentences? I, I don't think it can ever replace a human being judged. But I think what this provide, what this news uh, or what this AI will provide is assistance in terms of doling out uh, sentences and judgments. Because in magistrate's court, earlier in my journalism career I've covered, they are dealing like in the morning like 20-25 over cases and it, it's just like uh, urine test positive, you mm-hmm. know, motorcycle theft groceries staff you know so by having AI you can actually like aggregate based on previous judgments and make it swifter for the court so and what you said about certain circumstances and that's when the human comes in so as far as if if someone were to plead guilty and then okay and then the AI can come in and I think it will make a court process swifter yeah but you actually mentioned magistrate's court they do grocery shopping uh, theft uh, grocery theft and whatnot, right let's say someone actually wanted to steal food for his uh, kids because he can't afford to pay for food and everything but technically it's theft but he had to go and feed his family what would the AI say oh no you're going to go to prison anyway is that it? based on evidence yes. yeah if it's black and white yes. right? but you know but what's interesting is that firstly we had this case coming out of Sabah yeah. uh, not out of Kuala Lumpur Kuala Lumpur the seat of courts then uh, we've got also the fact that the, the lawyers have said this is not the end of the case they're going to take it up again further the merit of this case although the sentencing has been done so i think we haven't seen the end of uh, this whole thing it's very interesting to have a case like this of ai being involved i, I uh, think you always evolve yeah. you know it's all about putting in more information and it, yes. it will continue to evolve. so we're going to see more uh, in this development i think so let's see what the the lawyers now uh, right because so far so far at least it's just for drug related cases which is which yeah. is more mm-hmm. clear cut mm-hmm. yeah. which is more clear and it's yeah. also just to as you said earlier it's just to clear the backlog of yes, yes. other cases right well it's almost the 6th anniversary of the disappearance of uh, MH370 6 years wow yeah, yeah. yeah uh, disappeared early March uh, six years ago and right now news piece came out a- an Australian senior pilot has come up to claim that he knows exactly where the plane is and is ready to bet his home on it so the question here I guess in your opinion is this just another conspiracy theory or is there a possibility Roger? that he is right come on you know uh, if people are going to believe this kind of thing you always after every few years or a couple of months later, somebody will come up with this kind of uh, theory. And I, I think it's a bit too much. You know? yeah. If we believe all these kind of things, we're going to have big problems. Well, unfortunately, it's more like of the season. Every time when it comes to like yeah. this time of the year, when the anniversary comes up. The silly up, season. Yeah. It, it's a bit tactless, you know, to come up with statements Because like families this. lost people. Because, yeah, families Even lost Even former Prime Minister, former uh, Australian Prime, yes. yeah. Prime Minister Tony Abbott clearly claims that it was a mass suicide murder. Yeah. Which is which is why I say it's a bit tactless because he was PM then and then he was in close contact with our government. And I think when you are a PM, there's a like professional courtesy of sorts, you know. You just don't divulge I all think let information. Let them be in peace. 
in yeah. peace, uh, rest in peace. Because they already have trouble. Yeah. Because they, they don't have closure. Closure. Yeah. Yes. You know? That's the problem. No closure. Therefore, you will get all these kind of things. He gave coordinates. He gave he, yeah. yeah, he gave he the exact coordinates. Should we just go and send our maritime there to check that coordinate? Somebody's got to pay for this. <laughs> I, I, I think for me, if 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 we talk about it realistically, you got to talk with the next of kin and just like consult and see like what they have to say about this. Yeah. You know? If they think like, I mean, you are reopening old wounds Real, here. You know? Exactly. Yeah. I, I'm sure six years on, some of them maybe. Not all are starting to like get on with their lives, yes. and and suddenly things like this crop up again. Yeah, I think I I can only empathize with what they are feeling yeah. right now, and I'm sure it's not good. Absolutely. So we don't need claims like that anymore, right? Anyway, Rajan and Hafiz, thank you so much for your thoughts and uh, helping us dissect all this Th- news. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Me. All right, that was Rajan Moses, former Reuters foreign correspondent and ex Business Time editor, and also Hafiz Marzuki, producer journalist at Astro Awani on Front Page.